Welcome, WCU Radio, coming to you live from the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. It is episode 14 of Tuesday's Nightly News Update with Nick Barry. I'm your host, Nick Barry. Welcome to the show tonight. It is 7.59 p.m. here in Washington, D.C., 64 degrees. So it is Tuesday, February 22nd of 2022, 2022. So for my guest for tonight is Senior James Higgins. He is graduating in May of 2022. Thank you for joining me, James. Do you want to say a few words and introduce yourself? What's up, everyone? I'm James Higgins. I'm a senior here at Catholic University. As we'll get into everything later, I'm a business management major with a specialization in both sports marketing, excuse me, in both sports management and marketing. Huge sports fan, um, trying to work in sports after graduation. Really enjoyed my time here at Catholic, and I'm excited uh, to talk to Nick tonight. Thank you. Thank you for that, James. So first of all, where are you from and what made you come to Catholic University? Uh, so I'm originally from Washington, D.C. Uh, we grew up on Capitol Hill, and then when I was about nine years old, we moved to Kensington, Maryland, right outside Bethesda. So I'm local I'm local from the area, and I think the biggest thing that made me want to come to Catholic University, I had a couple factors first. Um, my dad works here, so it was always something that was that was intriguing to me. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's nice to have... You know, one of your parents working here close by if you need anything. I think another thing, and probably the biggest thing, was the location. Like, you can't beat being in the city. You're you're super close to downtown, whether it's it's via Uber, via Metro. Um, you can kind of you're it's accessible to everything. You can go anywhere you want. You're kind of free to do your own thing in terms of internships and the opportunity that you have to network and and to grow really. Whether it's you're a business major, you're a politics major, you're a history major, you're an English major. There's so many great opportunities here in the city. And I think that was a really attractive option, being close to the city, being able to network, being able to get these opportunities before I graduate and really get a leg up on a lot of a lot of graduates that are going to schools that don't provide these opportunities. So I think that was another super important thing to me was always being involved and being around the city, you know. And I think third and probably and definitely most importantly was was the the ability to to continue practicing my faith. You know, there's a lot of schools that are that are secular and um, you know, that don't put an emphasis on, on the faith. So I think doing, being able to practice the faith here at Catholic University, you know, we have so many, uh, so many chapels, you know, so many great chaplains, all that sort of stuff, you know, a lot of, a great community in terms of being faith-based. I think all three of those reasons are really important factors as to why I chose to come here. Thank you for that, James. So what does your dad do here at Catholic University? Does he work in the business school? No, he doesn't. He's the managing director for the Institute of Human Ecology. So it's, it's, okay. it's a, it's a program here at Catholic, um, it, it's mainly a graduate program for graduate students. Okay, so they I see a lot of posters for them. They usually just have a lot of events. Some of stuff like Ross Duthot is a big... Uh, yeah, yeah, they're usually events yeah. on Tuesdays or Thursday nights, so... Okay, thank you for that, James. So what clubs are you a part of here on campus? Yeah, so I'm a part of uh, the the uh, Cardinal Sports Association. I actually just started it um, this past fall, and we became official this past spring uh, with OCA, so we're now officially recognized by the university. Uh, it's a club that helps students network uh, uh, with people in sports, with different professionals, whether it be at the high school level, collegiate level, uh, or the professional level, whether it be minor leagues or or the professional ranks, to help work in sports after college. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, the, A, there are a lot of opportunities to work in sports that that just are unrecognized or not talk about, talked about. Like, if you really want to work in sports, you can find your way up there in whatever path you want, whether it be on the, the athletic side in college. You know, you can go into that as, you know, obviously everyone wants to be an AD, but there's recruiting, there's scouting, there's coaching, there's being a player development guy, there's being, there's, um, 
working in compliance. You know, there's all sorts of stuff with NCAA. You know, you look at high school sports, obviously, that's a little bit more narrowed down with, with, with coaching and w- with being an AD. But then you look at the professional ranks, how many different levels, especially in baseball, there are with the minor leagues and, and professional baseball. But you look at, at coaching, you look at scouting, you look at, at operations, you look at marketing, you look at management, you look at HR, you look at the business side of it. There are so many opportunities in professional sports that people need to open their eyes and realize, hey, if I want to do this, there's a lot of things that I can do because you can have a great you can have a passion for business to be a huge sports fan why not combine that into one when you're working in ticket sales when you're working on sponsorship when you're working on marketing you can do both it's kind of like the best of both worlds and combining your passions so it's something that i've always been passionate and passionate about working in sports especially in the sports media side or in the operations side for um a team and and that's something that i want to impart my knowledge on future students here at Catholic University and build those continue to build those connections and build that network here for the students in the future because it was kind of something that I had to do on my own and if I have that guidance and I have that knowledge and I have the connections that I've made why not pass it down to the students in the future so I think that's something that I've always wanted to do from the start and I'm glad we fought, we were finally able to to get going here in the spring and additionally you know, I'm still on the job search looking for something in sports after college. So this, this, I think going through it right now as we start will help the students even more. Thank you for that, James. So how many members are there currently part of the Cardinal Sports Association? Yeah, so right now we're just starting out. We have about 15 members, and we have a big event coming up next Tuesday night, actually, a week from now, March 1st at 8 o'clock in Maloney, Room 317. We have former uh, pitcher J.J. Putz. Uh, he pitched in the big leagues for 10 years for the Diamondbacks, for the Mariners, and for the Mets. Uh, he's coming to speak at 8 o'clock. The, he will be speaking in Arizona. He won't be coming here, but we will be hosting the event in the classroom on Zoom. You'll be able to to go to the event to ask JJ a question. You know, he now, after his major league uh, playing career ended, he transitioned to the front office in the Diamondbacks, and he's a special assistant to the team president there. So he kind of understands both sides of it from the you know the playing side of it to the business side of it now with operations, working on the front office, whatever it may be. He gets it. He's seen the game through and through. He was a very good reliever during his career. He made the AL All-Star team in 2007. You know, he's he has a lot of experience and a lot of, and, uh, and a lot of great insight on what it means to be a professional player and to rise through the ranks. And then additionally, from the business side of things, what it takes to, to grind and continue to work on the business side of things in order to work your way up. Uh, it'll it'll be an awesome event. I encourage anyone if you have time next Tuesday, eight o'clock, uh, in Maloney three seventeen to come out. If you have any questions, uh, there will be posters going up soon, and feel free to shoot me an email. So, how did you end up getting JJ Putz to speak here to CUA students? Yeah, so our, the our my vice president Kelly Rasmussen, her her family is friends with JJ Putz, so we were able to to get a connection there, um, and just just kind of really try to kick off the club in in a way that was bigger than just you know maybe someone from high school coming and I you look I love people from lower levels coming but I really wanted to start with a bang thank you for that James so tell me a little bit more about your post-graduation plans I know you want to get into sports so what's your ideal sport I know you're one of the hosts here at CUA of the show before me so your ideal sport you want to get into working is baseball yeah ideally it'd, it'd be something related to baseball you know I, I love football too so I could see myself working on either baseball or football but one, one of the one of those two would be the dream I mean I guess if, if you really had to chalk up my dream job it would to be a uh, you know a full-time baseball podcaster and journalist and then the offseason you know dabble with professional football dabble with college basketball dabble with the NBA because I'm just an, I'm just a sports junkie in general I follow everything if, if there's a game on TV you know I'm watching it or you know I'm keeping up with it on Twitter or the ESPN app whatever it may be so I think 
You know, ideally something related to baseball or football. I'd love to do sports media, as you can tell from listening to the show. And, you know, if you've listened to Nations Past Time Nations Capital, I love to talk. I, I love to, you know, give my opinion on things. So I think something where I could work my way up to having my own show. Obviously, it wouldn't, I wouldn't start out in that role. But, you know, if you could work your way up after a few years of paying your dues and showing that, that you're talented, you have a great work ethic, you work hard, and that you're capable of hosting your own show, I think that would be something that would be really intriguing to me. For baseball, is there a reliable source that you go to? You know, there's Ken Rosenthal out there. There's Jeff Passan out there. Is there a source that you specifically go to for baseball news, or you just turn on baseball, uh, MLB Network, or you go to the Athletic to catch up on the latest baseball news? Everything, <laughs> to answer your question. But, you know, like literally everything you said, like that that's what I do. Like uh, during the season especially, I'll have MLB Network on my – that's pretty much all I watch on TV. I'm, I'm, like I'll watch Quick Pitch in the morning. You know, I'll, I'll watch various programs throughout the day. I'll watch games at night, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I have tweet notifications on for the big guys. You know, Jeff Passan, he's my favorite. I, I love Jeff Passan. Ken Rosenthal, you know, they're, they're all great at their jobs. Tim Kirkchin, uh, he does a great job for Baseball Tonight, uh, ESPN. Uh, you know, Carl Ravitch. You, ha- you have your, your reporters, your insiders, who John Heyman, who, who know a lot of stuff and are very talented. Chris Cotillo from Mass Live. Um, you know, he, he's a local guy for the Red Sox, still dabbles a little bit with MLB news, but mainly a beat writer for the Red Sox does a tremendous job. So I think for in terms of reporters and writers, real, really it's those guys. Je- oh, forgot a big one, Jared Carabas, you know, for, uh, for Barstool Sports. He hosts Section 10 and Starting 9. So J- Jared and Jeff are, are really my two go-to people in terms of, like, looking for opinions, looking for news. But I, I really do dabble with everything. I read The Athletic. I, I look at fan graphs. I look at fan-sided I look at baseball reference just to look at stats look at data look at all that stuff to back up uh you know what I'm saying and and then so I think starting nine and section 10 are great with Jared Carabas starting nine is with Jared Carabas and Dallas Braden they just give a, a full unbiased view of the game and then in terms of of Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal you know you see them on Fox you see them on ESPN whatever you know they're covering they do a great job Tom Verducci Kevin Burkhart you know they they all do a great job reporting they all do a great job reporting the facts and reporting it accurately if if they need to be critical of a player they'll be critical of him but they won't do it in a way that is that that is critical of him as a person it's just on his performance and I think that's a big thing that I've learned from starting the to cover you know nations past time nations capital here I announced baseball games for the for the team here at CUA okay. uh, part-time that's something that I've learned from from those guys is that you know your job is to report what's happening. If they make an error, if they, if they have a bad at bat, you can you can criticize them for that, and that's that and and that's fair. That's all fair game because I'm sure they tell you the same thing. But don't cross the line of criticizing the person of or going over the top of criticizing their poor play because I think they know more than anyone that they're playing poorly, and you don't want to cast that person in a bad light where where it will ruin your relationship with them in the long haul. Now, for MLB right now, it's currently in a lockout for as of right now. So yeah. can you tell me more a bit, a uh, little bit about the status of the MLB lockout negotiations? So, like, uh, I heard a couple of days ago that that by February 28th, if the if the MLBPA and the MLB doesn't have an agreement, a CBA by February 28th, the season will not start on time. So maybe you could tell me a little bit more about like the status of the negotiations and what's really going on to in order to have a season and whether you think there's going to be a season for 2022. Yeah, so February 28th is on Monday. It's approaching fast. Uh, the owners and the Players Association have met the last two days uh, down in Florida at, at the Cardinal Spring Training site. I believe it's uh, I believe it's in Jupiter. 
Uh, they've met the, and they're meeting again tomorrow. You know, they've talked for a while, which is a lot more progress than their last than their last few meetings because they weren't talking. They talked for 15 minutes and leaves. They've talked for four hours yesterday. Talked for four hours again today. But in terms of substantial progress, very little substantial progress was made. Now. A big thing is I don't really think a lot of people know what the core issue is. The the collective bargaining tax, collective bar, the collective bargaining tax is a huge, huge, huge point of emphasis. But that's not going to get talked about until they settle all the other things, and it hasn't been talked about yet. So it's like when people are talking about that, that's when we'll know when they're on the right track. Uh, you know, right now th- there's a lot of little things. It's it's. You know, MLB is trying to get rid of minor league, jo- minor league playing jobs. The players obviously don't want that. They don't want to wipe out the system. Um, it, it's about arbitration rules. It's about salary floor. It's about a draft lottery. It's about, you know, club control and, and service time manipulation. Little things like that um, that they're talking about and they're making a little bit of progress on, but not a lot right now. Again, it's great that they're talking, but we got to start making some progress if we want a season to start on time. We only have five days until six days until Monday. Now, for spring training, did the pitchers and catchers ever even report yet? I don't think so, right? I mean, a lot of guys are down in Florida, Arizona, but they're not allowed to go into club facilities because they're locked out. So they can do stuff on the side. Like, if they wanted to meet at a local field, you could see, you know, Jacob deGrom throwing to, uh, you know, who, Thomas Nito. You know, if it's 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 stuff like that where they can meet at, at a college campus, they can meet at a high school field, whatever it is, but they can't officially report to the team facility. Now, you asked if I think there's going to be a season. Yes, I do think there is going to be a season. Um, I've gone back and forth between when I think it's going to start, and I think we are, you know, a lot of pressure is on them right now to get a deal done. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of money at stake for these owners, for these teams, for the players. I think that we will get a deal on Monday at the final hour. And if you asked me earlier today, I probably would have said May 1st. But I really do think we're getting a deal on Monday, and we will start on time on March 31st. You think March 31st? That that is opening day. March 31st on opening day, but it's a shortened season. No, no, no. March no, no, no. March 31st is regular opening day, so I, I don't think it'll be a shortened season at all. I think they are going to get a deal done, and maybe that's the optimist in me from the last, you know, six hours just looking at things. But I really do think that they will get something done when it's, you know, when push comes to shove. So, um, what is your favorite MLB team? Boston Red Sox. So you're from Maryland. So why? What made you become a Boston Red Sox fan? Both my parents are from New England. My mom's from Maine, and my dad's from Vermont. Uh, so they, you know, I, ever since I came out of the womb, I was born and bred a Boston sports fan. So what is your favorite all-time favorite Red Sox player? I got two at the top: Dustin Pedroia and David Ortiz. So that that's a fun fact because um, David Ortiz just made it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And what do you think? Do you think he deserved to be in uh, Cooperstown? Definitely. 100, 100% he deserved to be in Cooperstown. He's one of the greatest clutch hitters in, in postseason history throughout the entirety of Major League Baseball. He's the greatest clutch hitter in Red Sox history. He's a 10-time All-Star. He redefined the, the DH position. Um, clutch hit after clutch hit after clutch hit. He had the best personality ever. Like His smile was infectious. It, you know, When he walked in a room, it lit up. He was, he was the man. In his final season, he hit... He he hit three fifteen and hit forty bombs. I mean, find me another forty year old that does that. Um, yeah, Dave, David Ortiz is the man. I can't say enough good things about him. What he meant to Boston, what he meant to me, what he meant to everyone. Bringing three World Series back to Boston at six eighty eight in the twenty thirteen World Series. You know the speech after the Boston bombings and the Boston 
the you know the Boston Strong game. This is our bleeping city. You know that's something that that Red Sox fans will remember forever. David Ortiz is the epitome of clutch. He's the epitome of Boston. He's the epitome of what it means to be a Red Sox and to be a winner as a Red Sox. Because as many great players as there were in the history of the Red Sox, a lot of those guys didn't win. And David Ortiz won. He's the greatest clutch hitter in Red Sox history, and I'm very happy he's in the Hall of Fame. Is there a specific David Ortiz moment that you find that's really great? Like, is there a time where you said, you know, that's a really clutch moment that you're like, David Ortiz deserves to be in the Hall of Fame after this one? Yeah, so the the Grand Slam in Game 2 of the 2013 ALCS when they were down 5-1 against the Tigers, came back tied the game at 5, won Game 2 6-5 to tie the series at 1. Instead of going down 0-2, I think that's when Torrey Hunter flipped over the wall, that's something that will be remembered forever. And just the entirety of the 2013 World Series, he hit 688. He at six eighty eight, like that. Average. That that that's absurd. That's yeah. that's absurd. There, the Cardinals didn't get him out ten at bats in a row. Whether it was a walk, whether it was a hit, whether it was a hit by pitch, they didn't get him out ten at bats in a row. In the World Series, when the rest of the team combined hit like two thirty, just insane. So I I'd go with that Grand Slam in the LCS or the twenty thirteen World Series. I gotta ask you a question about um, your show. That now that there's MLB lockout, what do you talk about on your show? You just talk about the current. We we talk about the lockout. We talk, you know, do a little bit of projections. But then, really, we, we get into some of our favorite memories, like you know, fr- just uh, during our time as fans. Like we got into a couple weeks ago, our worst free agent story memory. And Robbie had this great story about Cliff Lee and and how he thought he was going to sign with the Yankees. He was Robbie's favorite player, and then he didn't sign with the Yankees, and he was really bummed about it. You know, we had we talked about our favorite encounters with players that we met ever and and Robbie had a cool story about meeting Justin Maxwell in a grocery store you know Andrew had a couple cool stories about about meeting players he met Roy Halladay before he died and then you know my 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 two big ones were meeting you know Mookie Betts and meeting Bryce Harper you know I think you know meet you know it's just like we talk about different things it's awesome we try to keep it loose but hopefully there's a season so we can start talking about this so we can start talking about you know some real baseball so how did you meet Mookie Betts and Bryce Harper uh, I met him both at Nats Park. So Mookie Betts, first I met him in uh, 2018 at Nats Park when the Red Sox were playing the Nationals. Um, it was 4th of July. It was the hottest I've ever been, you know, in a, in a public venue. It was, I was sitting really close to the field. It felt like, I kid you not, it felt like the heat index was 110 degrees. I mean, it, <laughs> it was brutal. But, you know, I got Mookie's autograph before the game. I was wearing his All-Star Game jersey from the uh, from the year before. And when he gave me the ball back, he saw my jersey. I said, Mook, I'll be here back here in two weeks with the All-Star Game. And 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 he and he gave me a thumbs up. Whatever kept signing. So two weeks later at the All Star Game parade, I was standing across the street from where the players were getting off the bus to go to the parade, and Mookie was walking down in the waiting area, and I shouted to him. I I, sh- I was wearing the same jersey that I wore. It was a bright teal jersey. I mean, it was it was the Miami All Star Game jersey. It was hard to miss. I pointed to the back. He waved to me, gave me a thumbs up. Pretty cool moment. And then with Bryce Harper, I actually had the same thumb surgery as him back when I was fourteen, okay. and um. You know, it happened on the same day. It, it was just one of those things where it's like a coincidence. So the next year I made a sign for Bryce before the game. He came over, signed a baseball for me. Really cool moment, super nice about it. And those two have pretty much been my two favorite players ever since. Thank you for that, James. So um, I'm going to transition now to football. Yeah, let's now. go. So what did you think of the Super Bowl? Did you want the Rams? Did you want the Bengals? Uh, I wanted the Bengals to win. You know, I'm, um, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan, been a big Joe Burrow fan since – uh, since early 2019 at LSU against Texas, um, that was really the game where he kind of started the breakout in terms of like to to people who really started to watch college football. Um, so you know, I I didn't really to me it didn't really matter who won. You know, I'm a Patriots fan, so I didn't really have a, a dog in the fight. But 
you know, good, good for Stafford. I'm, I'm glad he won. Cooper Cup went off. Aaron Donald, the best defensive player of this generation, he finally got his ring. Um, but, you know, obviously it would have been cool to see Burrow get one so young into his career. You know, would have become the first quarterback ever to win a national championship, a Heisman, and then a Super Bowl. Uh, Jamar Chase, you know, would, it would have been awesome to cap off his rookie year. But, you know, as loaded as the AFC is, and it's hard, you know, you can't just say the Bengals will be back because they're going up against the Chiefs and the Bills and the Chargers and the Ravens, you know, all these great young quarterbacks. But guess what? Part of the reason why the AFC is loaded is because of Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Like, when you talk about the teams in the AFC that, that – are going to be fighting for the Super Bowl for the next 10 years. The Bengals are right in the middle of that conversation. And they were playing with house money and overachieved this year. Yes, did they miss their opportunity? Sure. But at some point over the next decade, they will get back to another Super Bowl. It might not be next year. It might not be for another five years. But Burrow is that good. He'll get them back. They'll shore up the offensive line. He'll he'll get them back. You know, I thought if the Bengals could have put one drive together in the second half, if they could have blocked, they would have won that game. But they didn't. You know, it, it, the the Rams and and the Rams were stagnant until the final drive of the game. I mean, you you could tell McVay was lost was like a deer in the headlights. He was nervous. He was shaking. He, you know, he didn't do a great. He came up with a great last drive, but overall, he didn't do a great job in the big game. He didn't do a great job in the big game for three years ago against the Patriots. Like, there's this is two Super Bowls now where McVay really has kind of kicked the can and not done a good job. Yes, he won this Super Bowl. Props to him. I think he's one of the top three head coaches in the league. Don't get me wrong. Youngest coach ever to win a Super Bowl. But in terms of stepping up on the big stage, outside of that final drive, he did not have an impressive game. And, and one more thing. I understand the T. Higgins touchdown was, was a face mask on Ramsey, but you can't say that the, the Logan Wilson penalty was a makeup call. That's with under two minutes ago in the Super Bowl, and that pretty much decided it. The refs hadn't been throwing flags all night. They had been letting the boys play, and then they decided to throw like six flags in the final two minutes. That was absurd. And um, I was thinking today that I saw that the Rams were at home, won the Super Bowl, and then the year before that, the Bucks with Tom Brady won the Super Bowl at home again. Yeah, never been done before. Do you think the next year the Super Bowl is played at um, Cardinals Stadium at, at State Farm um, Stadium? Do you think the Cardinals could go to the Super Bowl next year and possibly win the Super Bowl? I don't think Arizona will win the Super Bowl next year. I don't think Kyler will take them to those heights. They're playing in a tough division with the Rams, with the Niners. You know, if Seattle gets things, you know, together with Russ, with Seattle, I mean, that's probably the toughest division of football. Um, You know, what we've seen out of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray the last two years, especially at the end of seasons, don't give me a lot of confidence for the Cardinals, you know, in the playoffs. They got waxed by the Rams in the playoffs this year. I don't think that you know what? Whatever they do at the end of the year, they have to fix it. Uh, the NFC is obviously much less loaded than the AFC, and there, there's you know the the best quarterback in the conference just just retired. Tom Brady just retired. You know we don't know what Aaron Rodgers' future holds, but no, I don't think the Cardinals will be going to the Super Bowl next year. Now, what do you think of the Patriots' future? Do you trust Mac Jones in bringing you to the? playoffs anytime soon I'm pumped man I love Mac Jones I I think Mac Jones had a great rookie season you know people want to go out there and say you know Mac is a system quarterback Mac can't Mac can't throw deep Mac has a noodle arm you know Mac uh he's he's just someone he's already reached his ceiling you know the ceiling is higher for Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields whatever it may be that's fine I know he was a Pro Bowl alternate in his first year, but guess what? Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl in his rookie year. Uh, he threw 23 touchdowns. He threw 12 interceptions. He threw for over 3,800 yards as a rookie without a number one wide receiver. He, the Patriots, didn't have a great roster. Uh, didn't have a great roster going into the year before last offseason. They reloaded in the offseason with a lot of free agent signings. They they drafted Mac Jones. They had a great draft. Christian Barmore, um, you know they 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 did a lot. Bill Belichick is. 
was at the top of his coaching game this year. He did a tremendous job. Um, they got 10 wins with a rookie quarterback without a number one receiver. And you look at all the other young studs in football in terms of quarterbacks. Josh Allen, he wasn't anything until Stephon Diggs got there. Josh Allen's rookie year, he threw 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Mac Jones in his rookie year without a number one receiver threw 23 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Just put that into perspective. I think Josh Allen is is a top three quarterback in the game. But just look at how far he's come and look at how much Diggs helped him grow. Joe Burrow walked in. Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase. And I'm this again, this is not taking anything away from these quarterbacks, but just look at the playmakers they have. Justin Herbert walked into the league with Keenan Allen. Dak Prescott has, uh, I don't know, when he was a rookie, he had the best offensive line in football. He had Ezekiel Elliott, and, you know, he that was a recipe for success. You look at the other, Patrick Mahomes, when he walked in the league, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. You know, you, you look at all these young quarterbacks, what do they have? Stud receivers. So the Patriots, if I'm the Patriots, I go out and I trade for Calvin Ridley or I or I make cap space to, to go trade for another number one receiver or sign, for, sign a number one receiver because that needs to be offseason priority number one. Get Mac Jones a number one wide receiver and the success will outweigh whatever the cost is to get that number one receiver. Do you think Sean McVay will sign a television deal? There's rumors out there that he is offered up to $15 million a year to go on television. Do you think he'll uh, retire as a coach after this season? What no. do you think? No, I think he's he's using this as leverage to get another contract from the Rams. I could see him going to television maybe in 10 years. Maybe he won't coach until he's 50, but he's 36 right now. Just won a Super Bowl, a top three coach in the game. He's using this to get more money from the Rams and get a lucrative, lucrative extension. So uh, I want to talk a little bit more about baseball again. Since you're the sports announcer for the CUA baseball team here, how does the CUA baseball team looking like for this season? Yeah, they're, they're looking good. They're 1-1 one one so far. You know, had a great win in the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Tucker Alch pitched seven innings, gave up one unearned run, struck out 11. He was tremendous as always. Um, you know, he hit over 90 miles an hour on the radar gun. He's he's He should win pitcher of the year in the conference. I mean, I, I, with, with Tucker at the top of his game, I don't think anyone's stopping them, to, to be completely honest with you. I don't think there's a pitcher that, that matches up to what Tucker brings to the table for Catholic. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of and then obviously they lost game two, um, seven to two, so they're one on one. But in terms of the rest of the team, they're returning a, a lot of seniors. It's a senior heavy class. They're returning a lot of fifth years. You know that they, they have veteran leadership, which which I think is is huge. I mean, yes, there are other teams in the conference that are returning, you know, seniors and fi- and fifth years, whatever it may be. But I think the leadership that Catholic has and the talent. The, the talent from these returning players. I mean, Matt Tesserero, great third baseman, great pitcher. Peter Giambetti, one of the best hitters in the conference. He, he you know, he, we're returning six guys who were first or second team all conference last year. Like, like it, the, the numbers speak for themselves. And, and, you know, I think with Pete and Ben Nardi and, and Matt Tess anchoring the order, that's going to be huge. You know, you have guys like, like gr- you know, great, great, you know, solid option, solid bats like Billy Duke, Tommy Antonucci. Um, Jesse Lacefield hit a home run in, in game one. Um, you know, I, guys like that who are going to step up and you know who are, you can rely on. They're reliable. They're, they're, they're great leaders. I think, I think that's, that's an important thing for the team. And I think overall they're pitching depth. And I think, um, you know, obviously you, you have Tucker, but, you know, you got to have somebody behind Tucker, right? You know, you have Jack Zafiro. He, he's going to come on strong this year. Nick Marini, when he gets back from his injury, I mean, he, he was one start away last year from being first-team All-Conference. I mean, th- there's no question about it. The num- Going into his last start, the, the numbers were there. And, you know, unfortunately, that didn't go his way. But, that you know, I know once he gets back on the mound, he's going to be tremendous this year. I know how motivated he is, how good he is, how talented he is. Like, there's 
the, this this staff is is going to be really good. Uh, Cormac Terry and Cam Mounts, two sophomores that that really stepped up last year and are going to continue to step up this year. Cam Mounts looked really good in the last inning in game two. I mean, that's a guy who a lot of guys on the team have really talked about how important he's going to be to the staff and how good he's looked from the fall from September until now and how much he's grown from last season and how much he's going to continue to grow. He was tremendous. Would you start out your career in co- collegiate baseball announcing if you had to choose in the industry? Because you say you wanted to get into the sports industry, so um, would you start out in collegiate career or would you want to work up in the minors first? Uh, d- depends on the opportunity. You know, I, I'd pretty much start anywhere, but, you know, it depends on the opportunity. Like if, if – you know, obviously, if Vanderbilt called me and like, yeah, we want you to be your announcer, of course. But it like, you know, I think it depends on the opportunity, depends on location, and you know, we'll we'll see and go from there. Would you consider staying around here after graduation? After Definitely. May? Uh, you know, I've I've grown up here my entire life, so this is this is an area that I'm very familiar with, very comfortable with. I, I love the city, and it's something that, you know, if if the opportunity arises, I'd I'd for sure stay here. Thank you for that, James. Now, since the Olympics just clo- closed out on yeah. Sunday, did you watch in the Olympics at all? Not really. It's a little tough to get into this year. I mean, I, I watched just a little bit, but I think the time difference was a big thing. You know, no, not, not many fans over there. The U.S. didn't perform as well as they did in years past. It was just tougher to get into. It's true. It wasn't the NHL players were not even at the Olympics. Yeah, this exactly. Season, right. So, um, also, um, so do you want to remind me when is your event for JJ Putts? And, yeah. Um, why should students look forward to going to that? Event? Yeah. Again, so if you didn't hear earlier, it's next Tuesday night. March 1st at 8 p.m. in Maloney Room 317. JJ will be on Zoom, but we will be hosting the event in Room 317 on Zoom. You'll be able to ask JJ a question. You know, go hear about his his professional baseball career. He was an all-star as a closer. He was a great reliever uh, for a while there for the D-backs, for the Mets, and for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, and now he works on the business and operations side of it as a special assistant to the team president. He works so he, he works in the front office. He understands the business side of things. He understands the playing side of things, the grind from both the playing side and the business side. You know, everyone says sports is a business, baseball is a business. Well, he's lived both sides, so he can very easily explain that. Uh, it's an opportunity to build to build your personal network and to build a connection with a professional baseball team. I mean, I don't think that many college kids have connections that high up in an organization. And granted, he might not remember everyone's name, but if you email him a week later and say, hey, I was at your, t- I was at the talk last week. It was a tremendous event. Could you help me connect me with, with people with the Diamondbacks or with Team X to try to help me get an internship to get a job? I'm sure he'd be more than happy to do it. Thank you for that, James. What other speakers are you looking the, uh, forward to having in the past, mainly just baseball or is it mainly just – Basketball, football, hockey. Like, like after JJ? Yeah, after JJ. Uh, I, anything. Anything on any level. And it doesn't even have to be former players. It can be athletic directors. It can be scout. It can be people in scouting, people in personnel, people on the business side. Wh- whatever sport, whatever role, we're welcome to anyone. Well, thank you for that, James. So I'm going to be taking a short break right now. And uh, thank you for that, James. And James will conclude his uh, closing remarks here. Do you want to just say a few words here before uh, you wrap up? Yeah, it, it was it was awesome to come on the Nick Barry show. You know, I had I, I had heard all about it obviously after because he was always coming on after us, but I had never experienced uh, the show firsthand. It was it was a great experience. Got to talk a lot about sports. Got to talk a lot about why I wanted to come here, my my different interests. Uh, it it was cool to kind of just you know let it all flow and and really reflect on my the last four years here, especially the last couple of years where I've been a lot more involved here on campus. Um, it was it was. My time at Catholic has been great, and I'm looking forward to whatever lies ahead next. Well, thank you for that, James. Now, just 
um, I wanted to ask you something really quick. Sure. What, so you've been doing WCUA for how long now? Oh, uh, since the start of my sophomore year. Start of sophomore. So yeah. what made you come to? What made you start WCUA? Andrew and Robbie started the show this second semester of our freshman year, and we were all three big baseball fans. You know, they and they had me on as a guest during that semester and that summer I just asked them if I could join the show because we, we were all friends we had class together and you know they were very welcoming and very gracious they said absolutely and it's been a blast ever since I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna miss not doing the show once we graduate maybe you'll have to continue the show after I know right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so thank you for that James be right back thank you very much James thank you Nick I am back coming to you live from WCUA studio from the nation's capital in Washington DC Catholic University Radio it is Tuesday's Nightly News Update with Nick Barry and my host, Nick Barry. It is 8.35 p.m. here in Washington, D.C. So first, I just want to thank James Higgins for coming on the show tonight. He had to leave it a little bit early tonight. Um, but anyway, it was good to hear about the sports industry. Give me a good recap about what's going on with the uh, nation's pastime and the nation's capital and just a good baseball conversation. I thought that was really interesting to hear about the current MLB lockout negotiations. I thought that was good in hearing about the Super Bowl and, and things of like that. But um, so I just want to recap over the weekend that uh, Next to Normal went very well um, for the musical production over the weekend. I, I want to thank Professor Brock for coming on last week to give me a little synopsis, a little bit of a, 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 a background to the show and why um, students should come attend the event. I thought it was very good. The orchestra was very excellent. And same with the music. Just want to give a shout out to all the actors and actresses who was a part of the production that went on last weekend in Ward Hall. And I just want to go over the past weekend. That was the NBA All Star Game, too. That was good. Um, and I just want to go over the, a couple of upcoming events here on campus that stick out. That um, that the baseball team is playing Stevenson on Wednesday, February twenty third at 2.30 p.m., and that is at Robert J. Talbot Baseball Field. And um, also there is uh, a novella that is hosted by five organizations. It is a novella for the next CUA president, so essentially it is uh, praying for the 16th president of the Catholic University of America, sponsored by Student Government Association, Cardinals for Life, Knights of Columbus, Grazia Plena and Theology Club. So it says in the description, join us in prayer for the 16th president of the Catholic University of America. This novella will run nine consecutive nights beginning February 21st and ending Tuesday, March 1st. We'll meet every night at 6 p.m. in Caldwell Chapel. The patron for this novella will be blessed by blessed Michael McGivney, founder of Knights of Columbus and namesake of McGivney Hall. Please join us. So... Uh, that should be a good event, too. And I just want to give, uh, as James mentioned before, that it would be J.J. Putz, who is speaking with the Cardinals, Cardinals Sports Association. That is on Tuesday, March 1st from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. He is, sadly is not coming in person, but he will be taking all the questions. Um, so, um, so I just want to go over just to quickly – uh, the college basketball scores. So George Washington basketball record is eleven and four. They currently have a game home tonight against Richmond, and their next game is February twenty seventh and a Sunday. So that should be good too. And uh, Howard basketball record is fourteen and eleven. Howard basketball is home this Saturday, February twenty sixth at four p.m. versus North Carolina Central, and that is Senior Day. So. That should be good too. Um, but 
I will come back in a few minutes just to give a little bit more of the few events and to give a little bit more of the sports scores before I sign off for tonight a little bit early. And I'll be right back. I am back here coming to you live from the WCUA studio in Catholic University in the Prisbola Center. It is 8.43 p.m. here on Tuesday's Nightly News Update with Nick Barry. I'm your host, Nick Barry. So before the break, I was just going over the uh, the events here on campus as well as the college sports scores from around the D.C. area. So as I was just mentioning, that um, there was Howard basketball over the weekend, and I'm also going to go over the American basketball. So American basketball is currently 8-20 and overall record, and they're, they, um, they just had a game on February 21st on Monday, and that was at Colgate. They lost 63-49 to was the final score in that one, and they have a game tomorrow at Lehigh tomorrow, Wednesday, February 23rd at 7 p.m. So that should be good, too. Uh, uh, Georgetown basketball is 6-20 and overall record. They... Um, they just lost this past Saturday at 5 p.m. February 19th, and that was at Villanova. They lost in a Big East matchup, 74 to 66, and they currently have a game on Thursday at 8 p.m. versus DePaul at home at Capital One Arena. So that should be good as well. And I just want to go over the uh, the Catholic University um, scores too. So the Catholic men's basketball is 17 and six overall record. They just had a game over the weekend that was at Scranton. They won a 70-66 final score, and that was a final score in overtime. And the women's basketball score, or the, excuse me, the women's basketball record for this season is 19-4. And over, over the weekend, they played at number 16, Scranton. That's in women's basketball. They lost 72 to 68, and that was a final score. And on Wednesday, that is tomorrow, 23rd at Elizabethtown, is the landmark semifinals at 7 p.m. And Catholic men's basketball, going back to men's basketball for a second, they have a game tomorrow for men's basketball, Wednesday, February 23rd, and that is a Drew and the landmark semifinals, and that is 7 p.m. Um, so I'm just going over the current events around here on campus. So tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, February 23rd at 7 p.m. in the Prisbola Great Rooms in this event by program board. It is very beneficial. So very beneficial is a pretty simple event. It is join us for a relaxing night of music, raffles, and acai bowls. So that is from 7 to 9 tomorrow. That should be a good event. Just very relaxing, easy outgoing. And for Thursday, February 24th at 5 p.m., it is Conversations with Intelligence Professionals. Beth Sanders to the Catholic University Intelligence Club and the Politics Department present a discussion on leadership and intelligence. And the speaker is going to be Beth Sanders. She is a former presidential daily briefer for President Trump. And that is February 24th, 5 p.m. in the Law School 205. Uh, in the description, it says Beth Sander will speak about intelligence and leadership drawing from her career in the intelligence community. Miss Sander was a former President Trump's presidential daily brief briefer, so make sure you bring your questions. And that should be a good event, too. And um, there's also an event on Thursday as well in McGivney Auditorium. So Kevin Walling 
is an alumni here speaking about uh, to college Democrats in McGivney at 7 p.m. on Thursday. So it says in the description, join the college Democrats that we learned from Catholic University alumni Kevin Walning. He's going to be talking to us about graduating and, and his career as a political commentator. So, and on Thursday, too, is on the Italian club. There's a lot of events going on on Thursday here at CUA. It is a Carnivale celebration. So a Carnivale celebration is, uh, it's going to be taking place in Caldwell 121. So a Carnivale celebration is traditional Carnivale mass making desserts, extra credit. So join the Italian club for our annual Carnivale celebration. We'll be making traditional Carnivale mass while enjoying Italian desserts. Extra credit is also available for Italian study students. The event will be held on February 24th in Caldwell 121 at 7 p.m. This event is only open to the Catholic University community. And that is pretty much sums up for tonight's show. Um, on uh, There's another event on Thursday, too, as well, for uh, the politics department here at CUA. That It is called Resolve the U.S. Constitution Should Not Have Been Ratified. So... On Thursday at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. is in Maloney Hall Auditorium. So it says, come join a lively and interactive debate on the first principles of our political system. The first of its kind event will feature nationally prominent scholars teaming up with Catholic University undergrads to debate each other and engage the audience on an effort to win the formal vote taken on the proposition at the end of the proceedings. Winner announced at this elegant reception immediately following the debate, and that is... There's also a link to register in the event on the NES. Um, so that pretty much sums up. There's also an event for the Arabic Club uh, next week, and that is on Wednesday of next week. Be before I get to next week, there's a She Kills Monster that is sponsored by this on Friday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at Caldwell Auditorium. It is Center Stage Theater Company. So it's pretty much just... Um, like a production like like it was last weekend, but it's in Caldwell Auditorium, so it's um, it's pretty much like a student. It's not it's um, it's like a a, a production, but it's very. I don't. It's the show summary. It, she kills monster following the story of Agnes, a young girl who had lost her younger sister Tilly in a tragic accident. Accident. Agnes starts to reminisce on their time together through playing Tilly's favorite game, Dungeons and Dragons, discovering a whole other side of Tilly, what she had never known about before. She Kills Monsters, a beautiful play about love, loss, and finding closure, and that is in Caldwell Auditorium at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and tickets are $5 each. And next week, there's an event by the Arabic Club, and they're bringing the ambassadors to Turkey of next week and that is on Wednesday uh, the doors open at 5 p.m. on Wednesday of next week and that should be a good event it's the ambassadors to Azerbaijan and Turkey so that should be a good event I would definitely recommend going and that's in Heritage Hall it should be a good conversation what they talk about probably talking about the current Russia-Ukraine topic that should come up in a, in a conversation for next week. But anyway, that currently concludes uh, Tuesday's Nightly News Update with Nick Barry. It ended a little early tonight for tonight's show, but I hope everyone has a great night, and uh, this concludes episode
14 of Tuesday's Nightly News Update uh, with Nick Barry. I hope you all have a great night.